Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundation. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your host today. And my guest today is Avi Esakov. Avi is a tour and travel agent. He has uh, what he calls unique and inspiring journeys working for Peerless Travel in the International Heritage Tours Division. Avi and I have known each other probably for about 15 years now, and uh, we in the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, the uh, denomination that I am a part of, affectionately refer to Avi as Mr. Israel. So Avi, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Jeff. That's a great introduction. I appreciate it. Well, we uh, are happy to have you on again. Uh, you've been on here with me before. I think the last time we talked about uh, some new discoveries up in the Galilee area. But today we are going to discuss the protocols surrounding travel to Israel. Uh, there have been a lot of changes. This has been somewhat of a moving target over the last little while in terms of you know trying to figure out uh, what's happening but uh, give us a little bit of a uh, of a synopsis of what is currently happening for uh, foreign tourists in Israel and of course particularly those coming from Canada and uh, in the USA. So starting uh, towards the beginning of March the uh, Ministry of Tourism and the Ministry of Health allowed uh, incoming operators to put put forward names of groups that would be part of a pilot to see how the protocols that were stricter in March and then have eased up a little bit but not too uh, not too far over the month of um, April and May and then in June and July the protocols were eased up a little bit because so many more people are vaccinated and so Basically, mm -hmm. the bottom line is you're vaccinated, the protocols are easier um, or somewhat easier, and we hope that they'll get better as we go along. So the protocols that are correct on the 21st of July um, are, are sort of like still a work in progress. We're waiting for an update from the Israel Ministry of Tourism in all questions related to opening Israel to tourism. Uh, currently in Israel, the variants that have returned have wrecked some havoc. And as a result, we're witnessing increased numbers of infections, mm. although on the positive side, it appears that uh, these current infections are not nearly as severe as the initial outbreak of the, of the pandemic. So the current entry protocols that we'll go over in a moment uh, might change. And for instance, there's a, serolog a serological test uh, for tourists with the FDA-approved vaccinations, which might not be required for specific listed green countries, and happy to say that currently Canada appears to be one of those green countries. So the following is present information okay. that's available. Uh, it relates to the current entry protocols, and it might prevail until such time that the Israeli authorities, that's the government, release an official statement that change the, the protocols. We have reason to believe that that um, should there not be any further negative ep epidemic developments might occur on August 1st or on the first two weeks of August. Okay. The serological test that you're talking about that may not be required uh, 
coming in in the next weeks. That is uh, actually a, a blood test, correct? That's the, the okay, so, test at the airport. So what what I encountered when I came, as soon as I realized that double vaccination allowed me to go, I booked and went. So a logical test that I had was a blood test. So there, I would say there are three or four steps to the protocol and the different documentation that is required. And so the first important uh, issue is that uh, participants are going to have to provide a copy of the vaccination record. And um, it is only those that are okay. recognized by the FDA and Europe's EMA that are accepted, like uh, Moderna and Pfizer. And uh, the, requ the requirement there is two doses. Uh, can we clarify, because uh, this has come up recently, actually just in a news, a news article that I read this morning, that uh, certain cruise lines down in the, uh, in the U.S. are not allowing Canadians to travel who have had a mixture of uh, doses, AstraZeneca and either Pfizer or Moderna. Have the Israeli government uh, said whether or not that will be that will be allowed because many Canadians have gotten one, you know, like Pfizer first and Moderna second or, or that kind of thing. So I, I just thought I'd throw that one at you while we're talking. Okay, so I'm not aware of that, uh, that, that port, uh, like, uh, issue coming up in Israel so far. Um, what we do know is okay. that if required, the participant is going to have to provide evidence of the two doses. So when you get the vaccination, then you get to little right. uh, pages that do that, then um, that's something that one has to keep in mind. Then we have to have full passenger information, which generally we have as it is, as a matter of course, on every journey, where we require a photocopy of the passports open to the validity page. We do um, recognize and have advised most of our travelers that your passport has to be valid for at least six months from the date of your return to your country of origin. So that's a requirement yes. as well that we're going to have to submit along with Sorel to um, Israel's uh, Ministry of Health and Tourism. Um, they also are going to require um, passengers to provide a list of destination countries that they visited 14 days prior to entering Israel. Um, what Israel wants here is to make sure that no one visited a red country uh, or a forbidden country. And the list is provided in a website that uh, I will forward you shortly in a document. And um, the high-risk tag on that, uh, on that um, link is forbidden countries. And if you enter one of those countries, you're not allowed to enter into Israel. We recommend also avoiding those mm. countries that might appear under a warning tag. Because most often, over the last four months, countries that appeared under a warning tag then changed red, like three days later kind of thing. So that's another, uh, another right. issue that we're going to have to address. Um, the, the serological test, which is a blood test now, will be booked. The PCR test at the airport is booked by each individual. Sarel and our company will book the serological test, and there's a PCR test that's administrated uh, within 72 hours of your return for, for entry into Canada. So those two are included in the cost, and uh, at the moment, the serological test takes six to eight hours to get results. Now, it looks most likely 
And I've seen that now from about five or six different incoming tour operators where they mention that the, serolo the serology test is going to be changing to a finger prick, finger prick and the results will be available within 15 okay. to 20 minutes. And that basically means that within that time frame, you're still in the airport. And if there's no need for isolation, we start touring. Um, the, li okay. the little complicated Great. issue is going to be um, an, a, a, an appendix called a tourist declaration and consent to the conditions of entry into Israel. It's made up of two parts. One part you read and go through and you authorize that it's very much, it's very similar to the entry into Canada where you've got this like 15 or 16 items that you confirm that it's, that, that you're, that these are the, the items that you agree to. And then in order to get the group right. uh, entry uh, allocation, there's going to be a power of attorney that is limited to only uh, this particular document. And so the second, the second stage of this document, page three, is where you give power of attorney to the, the specific tour operator in Sarel to handle that group entry request. So that is going to be um, something that we're going to need as well, which is like a signed document that will be provided to our office in Canada and then passed on to the office in, um, in Mivaseret, just near Jerusalem. Um, now, while the flight details don't have to be final, in a group scenario, the flight details are final. So that's uh, a given. So that's the first and initial okay. documentation required, which basically goes via IH Tours and Sarel to the government offices required. Then the other step or the next issue is what participants are going to need to have and provide copies of. So these are details that are important and we'll go, we'll go through this again uh, once we uh, address the journey and people have uh, registered. But basically participants have to have a valid travel insurance policy that includes medical health and specific COVID coverage. And uh, it's most likely okay. that a copy of the policy might be required. I wasn't required to present it. Uh, I'm a returning Israeli. I'm not a tourist. It might be different. And um, in Canada, right. participants are going to have to go through a PCR test within 72 hours of travel, not a minute before and not two hours before. I made the mistake in March of getting that test done 74 hours prior, and I was denied boarding. So this is very, very important that we go along with the requirement that it's yes. within the 72-hour frame and not beyond that. But just to clarify, the, the 72 hours is from the time of departure? Correct. Or the time of arrival in Israel? The, which The, the time of departure, departure. because it's, it's boarding the plane that governs the timeline and so that timeline okay. is going to be when you leave the uh, leave Canada or when you leave uh, Pearson Airport so it's right. within 72 hours which generally speaking I would say let's do it within the three-day framework of the journey or perhaps better still two days um, and if people seem see see that right. two days is a little too much pressure then within that third day, but not at the beginning of it, like middle or end of the third day. 
Right, right. So Avi, um, for example, if we're leaving on a Sunday at say 7.15 p.m., so you go back three days, Saturday, Friday, Thursday, 7.15 p.m. So really, um, it, it's a really you would it's have a, to it's have a it Friday, done. Saturday. Sometime that, on the Friday would be yes, the best, right? Yes. Friday, Saturday yes. would be the best. Okay. The, uh, the other uh, issue that participants have, have to complete individually um, on a, a Ministry of Health uh, website is a complete online health declaration which is required by Israel's Ministry of Health. So those are the things that one does before flying. And then when you arrive at the airport, uh, there's a PCR test that's administered once you go through passport control. If I remember correctly, it was just after I picked up my luggage. I'd prefer to have that before we pick up the luggage. But um, it was administered from when I was there uh, after we uh, picked up the luggage. And there's an online um, uh, company that one can register with to have the PCR done upon arrival. And if you register ahead of time online, it costs 80 shekels, which is uh, probably 15 uh, US dollars. Um, and if you don't book it online and you arrive at the airport, it's another $3. Uh, it's 100 shekels. And this, this can be paid at the airport. Okay. If there is a self-isolation report that has to be submitted, Sorel will do that uh, on behalf of the participants. And in a link that I'll provide, you'll see what that form looks like. Um, you're also required okay. uh, to do a PCR test within 72 hours before you return home. This is the test along with the serology test ar upon arrival that is included in the cost and Sorel sets that up for us. So basically, it's a three-step that okay. we have, and that covers the um, the current uh, the current protocols of entry. Um, two days ago, in the news, there was a headline that read the current minister of tourism, and he's only been in the office for like three or four weeks, um, has recognized that the six to seven billion dollars worth of income from tourism has been sorely lacking for too long a time. And that's sort of like a headline that was made. Mm. Um, it remains to be seen what will happen. The upside of this current government is that the current prime minister is from high tech and he's used to taking cutting edge decisions. The foreign minister is an, a, a previous newspaper reporter and they both are, ha so far have indicated a pretty rational way of thinking. So it could be that over the next two to six weeks, we might see, because of the economic impact of no tourism, we might see a change to the protocols. It could work out that, um, and, and again, because the infection, the current wave of infection has been relatively easy on people who are vaccinated and, and get the, the, the COVID, um, it could very well be that should they extend the vaccination, and they are now to, to kids under 16, and Israel is in that procedure right now, uh, once they get to herd vaccination, it could very well be that Israel won't require a vaccination any longer, 
and that will open up a whole new aspect for incoming tourism. But that still is a, a bit of a way to go. I, I think what people listening need to understand is that the protocols that you've just outlined, these are in place currently for groups that are approved to go to Israel. And our, our hope is, our, our optimistic hope is that as we move forward in time, um, those will only get um, better in terms of uh, maybe a little bit more relaxed. And so I think that if people understand those base, three basic things, the, the test before you leave within the, within the three days, uh, 72 hours before departure, two tests when you arrive and then a test as you're leaving Israel again, um, I think if, if everybody sort of keeps that in mind, um, and of course, you know, when we do uh, let people know that we're touring, we'll give them all the information they need. We'll make sure that uh, that everyone has the uh, the pertinent uh, protocols and uh, give them lots of instruction. One more second, because currently uh, entry of tourism is sort of like restricted to uh, groups that have been requested by various incoming tour operators as a pilot project to enter Israel. This started in March. Um, Sorel Tours, which is the unit or the organization that we work with, have had five or six such groups. And I'm told that um, one group from Florida, Spanish-speaking, was 90 people strong. And they brought the 90 people wow. uh, like six to eight weeks from the decision that they could come. They got 90 people to come. The good part of all these pilots and this is over the board. In other words, the Ministry of Health has indicated that all the PCR tests that are done 72 hours before departure have shown good results. There hasn't been anyone who was affected with COVID while touring Israel. And that's a really good statistic. That's amazing. And that should help allay people's uh, anxiety over, over some of that. I think that... Uh, you know, that's a good thing for people to know as well. Now, now, you came to me a little while ago, and uh, you had an idea and a uh, an opportunity for First Century Foundations to host a tour within 2021. So we're talking about this today, and uh, we're going to, I guess, make an official announcement and let people know that we're moving forward. So tell us what's happening. Okay, so... Um... What is happening right now is that we're doing our utmost as our incoming tour operators to maintain those groups that we have rescheduled for October and November. A good friend of mine had a, a journey that was scheduled for December 1, and um, he called and apologized and said, look, um, generally, and he generally travels uh, twice a year. So he had two journeys, one December and one February lined up, uh, February 2022. And he apologized. He said, look, I'm not sure what's going on, but I've had very little interest at all in the 2021 journey. So I'm going to focus my strength on the 2022 February and uh, please accept my apologies. And that's when I contacted you. And then subsequently, we found that mm -hmm. um, if we moved the flight from Air Canada to El Al, we could save uh, in excess of $200 per person, which is quite impactful um, at this particular junction. And so we set up a 10-day journey um, 
which covers virtually every aspect that uh, we like to cover uh, in Israel. And then you and I spoke about Samaria and having visited uh, Shiloh uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, I came into contact with a young lady from the uh, Samaria Touring Division and uh, Sandra Barras will accompany us on an optional tour that we've added on the day of leisure in Jerusalem. So generally speaking, our journeys always have a day of leisure in Jerusalem. Um, over time, I've learned from the groups that they really love the day just to go out and do their own thing in Jerusalem. Um, several groups have asked for options mm -hmm. on that day. And so we've had odd options available. And generally speaking, there's been, there's been between a 50 to 60% uh, response, positive response for any kind of optional touring that we offer on the day of leisure. So I'm hoping that we can uh, tour the areas of uh, Shiloh, the, uh, the Kingdom of Israel's capital, Samaria, visit with Samaritans that are a unique community in a wonderful area, and then continue uh, to mm -hmm. visit one of the Jewish settlements that are in the area of Samaria based on this idea that we resettle an area that was so crucial to the kingdom of Israel. Amazing. Now, I am I'm excited about this opportunity, and I'm really, really hoping and praying that uh, we can get enough interest to be able to go. The dates are December 5th through the 14th. And uh, this would be a great early Christmas present if you want to send one of your loved ones or, uh, uh, you know, it'd be a Christmas present to yourself. This is an amazing opportunity. And many of you have been desperately hoping that travel will happen again. And we're here to tell you in 2021, it is a reality. And, uh, you know, things are beginning to open up even right now, which uh, uh, we're, we're very encouraged about. But uh, by December, this is just going to be a great, great time for us to uh, to travel to Israel together. So um, Avi, give us some details about pricing. And uh, by, before Avi does that, uh, I just want to throw out a, a little bit of a, a teaser for the Samaria option. If you have never been to Samaria, if you've never visited Shiloh uh, or Mount Gerizim, Mount Ebal, this is an amazing opportunity for you. There is an additional cost. However, um, we've been able to lower the price of the journey from our initial conversations because of the LL tickets so that really the Samaria journey yeah. almost is like as it's included. So, uh, you know, yeah, Avi, tell us yeah. tell us the details around the pricing okay. and uh, what we need from people in order to uh, to get them on this list. Okay, so... Um, the cost per person is 3,657 uh, Canadian per person, which includes the 690 airport tax and fuel surcharge. It's based on two people sharing a room and a minimum, a minimum of 16 participants. You'll be flying on direct nonstop uh, luxurious LL flights, Toronto, Tel Aviv, Toronto. Then um, we're expecting or hoping that... Um, I mean, I, I was so anxious to get to Israel, I knew that as soon as I could, I would get on a plane and go. I'm hoping that there are more people crazy like me who will do the same, or more people who have that <laughs> pent-up feeling of being locked up for too long and we want to get out. So 
Hopefully we can, and at 24 participants, we provide a reduction of $200 per person, so the cost will be $3,457. And then at uh, 32 participants, a further reduction of $50 per person. These reductions will be applied to the invoices, and so the, um, the final payment will indicate, or will have that indication of how many people and what reductions are available. Should anyone uh, require a single room, or, or unfortunately not have a partner to travel with, the single room supplement is only $779. So the, we go back to another uh, requisite that I'm going to again go into uh, because while people aren't obliged to purchase travel insurance from us, Israel under the protocols now does require that all tourists secure an all-inclusive medical travel insurance policy that includes COVID-19 medical coverage. Now, we work with a company called mm -hmm. Old Republic, and if people do buy an Old Republic all-inclusive policy that is includes medical and they're under 74 years of age, they may purchase uh, an Old Republic, an Old Republic uh, medical waiver to cover COVID-19. Should anyone get COVID-19 and as a result, their journey is canceled, that's covered as an event under that waiver. Um, if the Canadian federal government in the interim will remove the restriction on unnecessary travel, the travel advisory, um, it could very well be that the, we might not have to purchase that waiver. The difficulty is that there are timelines to purchase. And generally speaking, travel insurance should be purchased within 24 to 48 hours of paying your deposit or as soon as you can. And so if two months later uh, the federal government removed the restriction, the COVID waiver has been paid for and granted, we won't be able to refund that uh, waiver. But the waiver is a really not, not, a, not a very expensive cost. I'll get to it. I think it's $52 per person. The, the uh, rate quote is based on a uh, rate of exchange to the U.S. dollar for land services that is 125 to U.S. Should that fluctuate drastically, and um, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case because economically Canadian, Canada's, Canada's, Canada's economy, because of internal tourism now, has gone stronger than before. It's a, it's a weird kind of scenario. And so the Canadian dollar is stronger hmm. against the U.S. dollar. Okay. All right. Well, that's all great information. And I would encourage, uh, as Avi said, you know, that you do consider um, good coverage for your travel insurance. Some of you may have group insurance. If you do, you need to find out specifically from them about COVID coverage, whether or not uh, there's anything included. And um, it would be very, very important for you to sort of learn those details. But uh, here's what we're excited about. Everything's in place. Uh, we have, uh, if you go to our website right now, firstcenturyfoundations.com and click on tours, you will find the itinerary and uh, also some links for you to download the forms that uh, Avi would need in order to get you registered and get your deposit paid and, and all of those things. Also, the insurance rates are uh, listed on those documents as well. 
And so uh, we're excited. We're excited. We're hoping that uh, we can get uh, the number of people that we need to move forward. And I should also mention while we're chatting here that uh, uh, a friend of a friend of ours, a friend of Avi's and a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Bill Morrow, will be co-hosting this tour with my wife and I. And uh, we are excited to have uh, Dr. Morrow with us. And uh, Bill has served in many, many ways in the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. He uh, was the Dean of Students when I was in Bible College way back in the 1980s. Uh, he has uh, pastored in churches, been the District Superintendent in Western Ontario, uh, the General Superintendent of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, and um, has uh, also been the President of Master's, Master's College and Seminary for uh, a transition time as well. And uh, Bill has just got incredible, incredible, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Credibility in the PAOC. And, and he's also connect, just... And connections. And he's also a great guy. So uh, Wonderful we, connections. Yeah, we look yeah. forward to, uh, to co-hosting with Bill. And um, we'll have to perhaps uh, do a podcast with him in the next little while as well, so that uh, we can share a little bit more together about, uh, about the trip. Avi, anything else we need to let people know? Yes, one last thing. Uh, on the application, when you scroll down or look at the second page, we have what uh, IH Tours has put into place called the Carefree Payment Protection Plan for new bookings. It is not travel insurance, but what we're offering at a cost of $99 per person is that if you cancel for any reason up to 30 days, 35 days prior to departure, um, you'll get a refund less than $99 paid for the uh, Carefree Protection Plan. Should Force Majeure have IH tours have to cancel uh, up until 35 days prior to departure, the $99 of that uh, CPPP will be refunded as well. And so there is the opportunity, okay. realizing that people might be hesitant because of the... Um, okay, so the current... Um, the current uh, situation has been economically that uh, most travel companies, most cruise liners, most airlines have not given a refund for payments made prior, uh, like prior to, I think it was April of uh, 2020. And so we've had a, a, a spate of butting heads with the various vendors to see what we can do. And then uh, people might be aware of the fact that Air Canada announced a refund program. And then uh, 10 days ago, they stopped the refund program. And so once again, if somebody didn't have the wherewithal to go to Air Canada and get a refund, then now Air Canada, again, once again, are not giving a refund. So the Carefree Care hmm. Payment Protection Plan will give people that extra sense of um, uh, like uh, uh, what you call it, economic um, uh, quiet. Uh, should something happen, the money will be refunded to them. I, I personally feel that that $99 is very reasonable for the peace of mind that you will get, uh, you know, as you're investing your, you know, 3700 to $4,000 for the trip, um, an extra 99 to know that uh, should something happen, that the trip has to be canceled or that you are not able to go or whatever. Um, it's a, a great, great option for anyone who's uh, considering traveling. 
Well, Avi, this has been uh, this has been great, and um, I do want to give you one more opportunity just in a second here, in case there's anything that we've missed. But I want to say that uh, we are excited that we're going to be traveling again. Actually, my wife and I will, um, God willing, be in Israel for most of um, the last part of October uh, and into the middle of November. We'll travel home for a couple of weeks and then and then head back on the tour. But uh, we're very, very excited that we get to go back. And um, I know that for many who are itching to travel, this will be a great opportunity for you to consider a tour in 2021. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit tight. We usually have a year to plan for something like this. So I want to say to you, if you're listening, um, you know, get on this right away. Space is limited. Time is, is limited. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that uh, everyone gets an opportunity to, uh, to be a part of the journey. So uh, our website, firstcenturyfoundations.com, click on tours. And Avi, I want you to give uh, information for your site as well, if folks can go there and uh, find out any information. But uh, we're just excited to be working together. And let us know, is there anything else that we've missed? What else, what else do we need to know before we sign off here today? Well, as you know, that you and I discussed the itinerary and um, Pastor, Bill, Pastor Bill, who was scheduled to travel in December, didn't like the idea of baptism in December, so we didn't have the Ardenit Baptism Center on the journey. And then together with Isaac, the guy that uh, you've been working with, uh, he and I went through the itinerary and we fitted it in to the best of our ability, uh, both of us thinking, and uh, we have reason to believe that it's doable, to do that um, on that third day of the journey, which is essentially the first day one travels towards the Galilee. So going from Nazareth, towards the Sea of Galilee, one will stop for baptism. And uh, Isaac's a great, uh, a great guide. I've known Isaac for a long, long time. And mind you, we haven't communicated for a long, long time either. So we really look forward to breaking bread with you, Bill, uh, you, Sharon, Bill, and um, the whole group uh, in Israel. I'll make a point of being with you guys because I value um, a 2021 journey to Israel. And I think that if a church in Florida can get 90 folk within six to eight weeks, perhaps we can get to our 32 with not too much of an effort. Well, we are excited to move forward. And so can we confirm that Isaac is available and, and will be our guide? Has Isaac confirmed that? Yes, yes, Isaac's confirmed that. And he and I conf conferred about awesome. Where to put the other net? Yeah, no, no. He's confirmed. Perfect. Well, for those of you who are, are listening or watching and uh, you watch our show, First Century Foundations, Isaac Carasanti is uh, often appeared with me, has often appeared with me on the show. And uh, I know that many of you who have called in the past and said, hey, when's the next tour with Isaac? Um, uh, I've, I've hedged a little bit because I'm never sure about his availability. But now post-COVID, everybody's available. And so uh, Isaac is going to be our guide. And I'm uh, thrilled to be able to say that. And so those of 
of you who uh, have listened to Isaac, watched Isaac, and want to be a part of this, this is your opportunity to uh, to have Isaac as your guide for sure. So uh, very, very good. And Avi, thanks so much again for being with us on the podcast today. And uh, I know you and I will be chatting back and forth a fair bit in the next while. Uh, but this is going to be uh, this is going to be a fun journey. I'm really looking forward to it. On Passover Seder, generally speaking, the Jewish people say next year in Jerusalem. I prefer to say this year in Jerusalem. Yes, this year in Jerusalem. Fantastic. Well, I, Avi, thanks again, and uh, God bless. Thank you, and uh, looking forward to uh, breaking bread in Jerusalem. Israel. That meaningful name is mentioned more than 2,300 times in the Bible. It is from this land, nation, and people that Christianity emerged some 2,000 years ago. But since that time, Christianity has become mostly disconnected from Israel, and without an understanding of the Jewishness of Jesus and our Hebraic foundations, so much of the depth and meaning of the Bible is lost. First Century Foundations is committed to helping Christians reconnect and stay connected to Israel. We invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can view our TV programs and weekly video podcast, Keeping It Israel. Follow us on Facebook and our other social media platforms. Let's reconnect to Israel and stay connected. Find out more at firstcenturyfoundations.com.